Welcome to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. Here's your host, the Bitcoin Boomer himself, Gary Leland. Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. I'm your host, Gary Leland. And every week we bring you these shows to try to educate you about Bitcoin, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm not trying to sell you any Bitcoin. I'm not trying to convince you into buying Bitcoin, but I do want you to be educated enough about Bitcoin that you can make a logical decision as to whether Bitcoin is the right thing for you to invest in. If nothing else, next time you're at the water cooler at work, or do they still have water coolers at work, by the way? Next time you're at work, let me say, and someone's talking about Bitcoin, maybe by watching these shows, you'll be able to interact and actually be intelligent on the subject, instead of just being like some old boomer going, I don't know what you're talking about. It might surprise them. Hey, I want to tell you about something I saw online yesterday out of El Salvador. In El Salvador, on the beach, there's a pole. And this pole is sticking in the ground and it has arrows with directions on it. You've probably seen poles like this before. Well, this pole has Bitcoin directions. Directions, arrows pointing to and the mileage to different Bitcoin things. Number one, you'll see the Blockstream satellite pointed straight up. That's on top, pointed straight up. Why? You may not know this, but there's a satellite are several satellites actually circling the Earth that work the Bitcoin blockchain. So even if the internet got taken out on the planet, the Bitcoin code would continue running on the satellites. Now, one of the ones I like the most was, it's about five down, is BBB, maybe a little further than that down. Now that stands for my conference, BitBlock Boom, which is in Austin, Texas every year. So I was kind of excited to see that I made the directional map, which whoever built this thought were the top 10 or so Bitcoin sites on the planet. So I was pretty excited about that. And I won't mention what the bottom one was. Was because I don't think I think I'll get in trouble for mentioning what the bottom one was. So I'll leave that one quiet for a moment. But I do want to talk about today's show before we go to our break. Today we have Hoddle Tarantula. HT is also how he's known. Now he's going to tell us about off-grid mining from the beginning to the end. So if you've always wondered what mining was, and you probably never heard of off-grid mining, well, HT is going to give us the information on that for sure. So this ought to be a pretty educational experience for you, or a pretty educational show for those who don't really know what mining is, because it is a complicated issue. We'll be right back with HT after these words from our sponsor. Okay, guys, this is Gary Leland, the Bitcoin Boomer, and you need to come here if you want to find out what Bitcoin is, if you want to just meet some great people and have a great time, come to BitBlock Boom. But there's one thing, you have to be a Bitcoiner. We don't allow shitcoiners. Last week in August, every year, moving to Austin. Yeah, I love coming to BitBlock Boom because it's like it's like Mecca for Bitcoiners. Like Everybody here is like part of the hardcore like inner sanctum. Um, you just have these conversations with everybody where like, you can see it in their eyes that they believe the same things that you believe. You come to BitBlock Boom once, you're going to come every year. Speakers are great, the networking is great, because you know, that's really what it's about when you're uh, a Bitcoiner, especially when you're a new Bitcoiner, is you want to network with as many Bitcoiners as you can learn, because there's so much information, not only about Bitcoin, but about money in general. 
Hey, so I'm down here at Biplock Boom, and what energy, what a lot of fun. It's all Bitcoiners and uh, just good people. That's the one thing that, that all my interactions that I've had with people, you can tell you're just dealing with a culture of people that just want to make the world a better place. So if you want to come to a Bitcoiner conference, not a crypto conference or a shitcoiner conference, if you want to come to a Bitcoin conference, you would come to Bitblock Boom. But like I said, don't even mess with it. Don't even think about it. Don't even attempt to buy a ticket if you're a shitcoiner because your money's going to come back and you'll just make us both work. But if you're a Bitcoiner, you need to sign up and come to Austin now. Come to Bitblock Boom. And welcome back to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. As I said earlier, I'm your host, and we have a great show for you today. We're going to talk about a subject we don't talk about very often, mining. It's a complicated subject, and a lot of people don't understand it at all. I think the name Bitcoin mining kind of confuses people right before they start. But today we have Hotel Tarantula, also known as HT, who is very much into mining, and he's going to come on and explain it to us. HT. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Gary. Thank you for the thoughts. I do appreciate it. No problem at all. I'm glad to have you on as a uh, fellow Bitcoiner and uh, a Bitcoin uh, BitBlock Boom attendee and workshop host. Uh, I'm always glad to talk to those people because usually the people who are doing workshops are friends of mine for the most part. <laughs> I don't usually let the cat out the bag. But I like to work with friends of mine because I know that they're trustworthy and they're going to say the things that I want people to hear. Um, they're not going to be talking about caca coins or anything like that. Uh, before we get going any further, though, please tell everybody a little bit about who is HT. Who is Hoddle Tarantula? Well, uh, so I am a Bitcoin miner. Uh, I, I grew up uh, in the Caribbean islands. I was uh, running around down there for a while. I, I got into computers and uh, learned about uh, uh, information technology, software development uh, through uh, doing IT consulting, contract placement, and through that, I came to learn about automation engineering and went into learning about those systems, automation and distributed systems. Uh, I then, uh, being intrigued by that, found work in, in the uh, industry doing uh, building of these automated systems. Uh, fortunately, I, uh, doing that, uh, ended up with a little extra time on my hands and uh, found Bitcoin. So now I am the Bitcoin mining uh, auto tarantula instead of the uh, automation uh, uh, tarantula technician. <laughs> so, so how did you find out about Bitcoin then? Then what is what is your Bitcoin moment, orange pill moment, uh, whatever moment you want to call about it? Uh, how did you find out about Bitcoin? Tell me about your Bitcoin beginnings, in other words. So my Bitcoin beginnings are pretty, I guess, humbling, I'll say. I was, it was 2017 and I was like towards the end of the spring, starting to see all the ICO craze 
and I thought that everything that glittered was gold then. I came to see uh, that uh, what was going on. Um, I, I bought a bunch of Kaka coins, and then about midway through the year, uh, the Security Exchange Commission started to make some noise about it, and everything started to fall apart on their end. Little did I know it was all just a scam anyways. So fortunately, I was able to get myself extricated from all these positions with all this caca. I took a step back and I had to analyze well, what was going on here, you know. And one thing I did notice was that out of all the actual things that were going on and all the caca that was being passed around, the only thing that anybody wanted in exchange for that was Bitcoin. I had to go buy Bitcoin and then send it to them in exchange for what they had to offer me. And the thing that I noticed was they didn't want a checking account. They didn't want a credit card number. They didn't want my bank, nothing. They just wanted Bitcoin. And they wanted me to go use my fiat dollars to go buy Bitcoin and then send it to them. That was the common denominator behind every single one of these like caca coin scams. And I just couldn't ignore that. And so I went further and looked into Bitcoin. I discovered it was automated and distributed, decentralized, distributed in nature. I was already familiar with free and open source software. So that was big for me. Um, so it just was like an aha moment. Like it's weird. The, the Kaka coins showed me that. <laughs> it, um, it's like a bad taste. It's like getting burned, but at the same time, I learned. I think that so. uh, I think that's quite often the case that people learned that Bitcoin was the real thing of value, and that they learned it because of Kaka coins. I don't think that's unusual in itself at all. I just think the route you went there from Kaka coins to Bitcoin, or your thinking process was different than most people's. Most people's had to do more with the fact that they just lost money, you know, all their money in the ICO craze and when it hit 2018 and it disappeared, where that's not really your learning factor. You just picked it up from the fact that everybody wanted Bitcoin and they didn't want the Kaka coins. So I think you just had a different route, but the same uh, mechanism in place for learning. Mm, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I, um, my, my thing is usually wanting to know why something is, I kept seeing these, this, uh, pattern, like this is what they want. This is what they want. And I like to recognize patterns and then, you know, dissect what, what is the reasoning behind this pattern? Uh, it's kind of like in nature. <laughs> Hey, further, I do have a question though. Why are you called? Why is your handle Hoddle Tarantula? Where did that come from? I mean, do you like spiders? Do you collect them? I mean, what's the deal on Hoddle Tarantula? Why aren't you Hoddle Lizard or something? Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that actually was given to me by other people. Um, and that's, and that happened before I got into Bitcoin, actually, when I was working the automation facilities, we had a piece of equipment that needed to be turned on and it hadn't been turned on. 
And apparently I hadn't been maintenanced in a long time too. And uh, so uh, the people went out there to go operate the machinery. And when they turned it on, they couldn't get it to go. When they went to go inside of it, they saw there was a bunch of spider webs and stuff in there and it freaked them out. And so they came back to the shop and told me about it. And I said, well, you know, we, you know, I'm leading this team. I said, we still got to do this. This work ain't going to stop. So I went out there to the equipment and jumped on it and started getting up inside of it. It was a spiral there. And so I went up in there and I just took care of the chain where it was binding and fixed everything and got back out. And there was telling me like, Oh, you're, you're not worried about this spider is tarantulas up there. I was like, it's, what you know and so i get back to my desk in my shop and there's a picture of a tarantula on the computer and the guys are like hey there's your buddies from out there at the shop they're here to have a chat with you and everything and i was just like that's a tarantula not a spider and one of the guys said you're a tarantula and uh so then it just kind of stuck now they actually called me over the radio like that a full few times and uh, it, it just kind of like held then when I got involved with uh, like Bitcoin, I have the screen name. Uh, everybody uses these handles. My first handle was uh, not my uh, tarantula Bitcoin. And then I got banned from Twitter and then it morphed into not my tarantula uh, hodl Bitcoin. And then it, I got banned again. So like you like to tell the truth, you'll get banned from social media platforms. So you got to be careful with that. I, uh, I did that and then I got banned again and then it became hodl tarantula. So it's like every time I get banned, it chop it up and redo it and put it out there for the new name. <laughs> so well, that's, uh, eventually seems to, now we're here. That seems to be the thing nowadays for people is getting uh, banned on Bitcoin. And a lot of times I don't understand what they did to get banned when I see that they got banned. I'm just kind of like going, all they said was uh, the truth or what's happening, and now now they're banned. I, I'm confused. It's uh, People get their feelings hurt a little easy nowadays, I think, on that. Maybe that's something to do with this fiat world that we're in. Luckily, I have never been banned, so if you're on Twitter, you can still find me at Gary Leland. So one word, Gary Leland, if you're on Twitter. <laughs> so luckily, I guess they don't ban boomers, or boomers maybe uh, don't tell the truth often enough. But we're going to be right back with HODL Tarantula HT after these words from our sponsor, and we're going to talk more about mining now that we know who HT is. So let's get into mining after these words. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. Today I have Hoddle Tarantula, better known as HT as my guest. Uh, Hoddle is a mining expert, I would call him. And the HT, thanks for joining us and sticking with us. Now, um, we're going to get into mining a little bit more in this segment because we haven't got into it. But before we do, I have one question I ask everybody that I need your answer on. And for you, what is Bitcoin? What is your definition of Bitcoin? I actually have a very long-winded answer to that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I try to hold back sometimes when I explain initially um, because I get excited. <laughs> uh, I mean, so um, we, we know um, what Bitcoin is. Obviously, it's that immutable peer-to-peer -peer digital currency 
that is, uh, you know, facilitates payments all over the world without any third party. Uh, now, it's not only just that for me, because uh, I've had uh, financial hardships in the past, have family who's been afflicted by the fiat legacy system and the disgusting rampant inflation that it causes. And so what I see Bitcoin as is opportunity, um, financial freedom, immutable truth, uh, incorruptible. It's um, for me, it's more than just a digital currency protected by cryptography. It for me is uh, a way forward, a, a way to protect myself against tyranny when it comes to uh, finance. Uh, financial tyranny and financial terrorism is exactly what the Federal Reserve and the European Central Banks are committing on top of the world. And to me, Bitcoin is counter measure against the financial terrorism that is the fiat legacy system. So I feel like Bitcoin is something beautiful. It's something uh, freeing, uh, something that provides opportunity, uh, something that provides help, uh, something that is ultimately uh, for everybody uh, in a lot of the uh, uh, gotta say how be careful how I say it. A lot of the fact checkers don't like it because they can't uh, force you to uh, you know do what they want with it. It's 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 a reckoning, you know, when it comes to the old uh, the old financial system. And if if they, if people don't understand it, well, unfortunately for them, you know, the change will be painful. That's a very good point about the change will be painful. I think a lot of Bitcoiners, I think an awful lot of Bitcoiners I know, they're all set with their Bitcoin. They're comfortable. They have Bitcoin. They have it offline. They have it protected. And they're ready for when that day comes, if that day comes. I think there are a lot of other people who they are trying to get the word out to, to help them be protected, but they're not listening. Um, so that's my feeling. I think Bitcoiners are spreading the word to help people, not spreading the word for their own personal gain is what I'm trying to say, because I think they're already covered and they were already taking care of themselves. So let's, let's change subjects here a minute. Um, I want to get into mining because we haven't covered that a lot on this show. Um, please explain to everybody what Bitcoin mining is, because I think that's a confusing topic for some people. It's just the name of it. Uh, can lead people to be confused and and they get so wrapped up in how's that mining work? I don't want to get into Bitcoin until I understand that. Well, they don't understand how email works and, and they seem to be fine using email, uh, which is probably more complicated than Bitcoin mining. But give us a, a brief uh, synopsis of what is Bitcoin mining? So I'm with you on that to an extent. I think that maybe we should call it uh, securing instead of mining. So Bitcoin securing versus mining, maybe. I 100% agree. So, so I 100% agree. I think that term is a bad term. Just like I think wallets is a bad term. But what, what is Bitcoin securing then? 
So basically, it is the process of adding transaction records to Bitcoin's public ledger of past transactions, which is like the blockchain. Well, I, li I like to call it the time chain. Uh, so um, what, what happens is um, miners use their computers to build these blocks and submit them to the Bitcoin network for verification by the nodes. Uh, while also at the same time trying to solve a complex cryptographic uh, formula. If they uh, achieve this uh, uh, solving of the formula correctly within a certain amount of allotted time, because uh, every 10 minutes we mine a block, then they will be awarded the Bitcoin from the Coinbase. And so Bitcoin mining essentially is the process of adding transaction records to the Bitcoin public ledger while at the same time generating new Bitcoin for the actual network and procuring the Bitcoin onto the network. This is what the process of Bitcoin mining is and what the end result that is and is to total. So uh, when you say from the Coinbase, you're not, I just want to clarify for people, you're not talking the Coinbase exchange. Um, <laughs> I, I just, God, no. I just, Enough to know you're not talking about that. I don't want anyone to get confused and think Coinbase Exchange is dishing out all the Bitcoin. Um, you're you're talking don't, about don't go there. <laughs> so I, well, I thought I should clarify that. Someone may say, "Oh, Coinbase is dishing out the Bitcoin. Maybe I need to buy some stock in Coinbase or something." So uh, now they're, they're dishing out the IOUs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay, so so basically that's confirming the transactions. Now, you're into something called off-grid mining. Now, in a couple of minutes, that's all you got left to explain what off-grid mining is. What does that term mean? So off-grid Bitcoin mining, off-grid Bitcoin mining is very simply just mining Bitcoin without being attached to the electrical grid in any way, shape, or form. Oh, what would that There's be? Like many flared? different types. Go ahead. Flared gas or something, but I'm sure it's much more than that. Uh, affirmative. Uh, there's many different types of uh, fuel sources available. Uh, there's solar, hydro, sine gas, hydrogen, uh, methane, flare gas. Uh, biogas, biomass, it, the list is extensive. It uh, all depends on how creative you can be, uh, how willing you are to educate yourself on alternative fuel sources and how tenacious you are in regards to your uh, uh, willingness to go forward and procure them. So would this be a backup system? I don't know if that's the correct the correct term for it but but you have right now states like new york for an example making laws against mining bitcoin using electricity uh, that comes off the grid so is this a backup system to protect yourself in the network it protects the network and enable people to continue mining bitcoin no matter what happened yes affirmative it absolutely is uh the Methods that I'm working on putting together and the different research and development that I'm uh, moving on would essentially allow 
any regular average Joe that can gain access to, uh, you know, a little bit of land. Basically, it would decentralize mining even further because now you could take a 10 kilowatt, a 15 kilowatt, a 25 kilowatt genset and uh, basically deploy your own mining operation anywhere anywhere no matter what anybody says you're not like it can't be stopped like this so this is gonna it's basically protecting the network there's you know i think basically if they wanted to shut down bitcoin they missed their opportunity and this is even another reason they've missed their opportunity i don't believe bitcoin can be shut down i believe it can be slowed down and, and I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on everything. But I think this is another reason it can't be shut down. We'll be right back with HT Hotel Tarantula right after this word from our sponsor. And welcome back to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. I say that all the time. Welcome back. <laughs> well, anyway, welcome back. Uh, today we're talking about mining with Hotel Tarantula, HT. Now, HT... Um, you know, we've gone over mining. You've explained to us what off-grid mining is. Um, those are, I, I wasn't even familiar with the term, even though it makes sense, uh, off-grid mining, what it is. I just didn't put two and two together, I guess. But, you know, back in the day, you used to be able to mine Bitcoin with just your laptop, you know, when it first came out. Now, it's a very complicated issue to mine Bitcoin. You need ASIC miners. Um, let's go over mining equipment. What, explain to people why you can't mine with your laptop anymore. Why do you gotta have this complicated, expensive uh, miner machine, I guess, instead of just a laptop anymore? So, okay, so the reasoning behind that, Gary, it is related to something called the difficulty level. In regards to mining, Bitcoin miners must contend with the uh, network implementation of an increasing or decreasing difficulty level. And that's based on the computational algorithm that the actual computer, uh, computer is provided to solve from the network to earn the Bitcoin. Now, let's say a laptop can generate uh, one terahash, which is an astronomically large amount of computational power for a laptop, by the way, this is just, we're just using this as a reference number. So a laptop can mine Bitcoin one terahash and that'll produce a dollar a day. And the Bitcoin network difficulty is just, let's just say an, an even number, a difficulty level of two. Well, if a couple more laptops come onto the network to mine Bitcoin, well, Bitcoin will never distribute more than 21 million Bitcoins. And so basically, the more people that participate in the network to try and solve the algorithm, they're just making pieces of the pie smaller as participants on the network. Now, when increasing the, the computing power on the network, you can actually increase the amount of time that the blocks are mined in. A block is to be mined every 10 minutes, and this goes with the distribution schedule of the Bitcoin. If the blocks are mined faster than 10 minutes and more Bitcoin is generated than the set schedule of every 10 minutes, giving the block reward because there's more computational power on the network, the network is automated 
to reset the difficulty level every two weeks approximately. There's a set number of blocks that every number of blocks, this reorganization and difficulty occurs. And if there's more computers on the network, creating blocks in less than 10 minutes, the difficulty increases. If the computers on the network are less and the blocks are taking longer than 10 minutes to uh, complete and distribute the Bitcoin, then the difficulty of the network uh, algorithm decreases so that the block time and rate of 10 minutes can continue uninterrupted uh, on its schedule. Now, the reason you know, why your laptop is not sufficient anymore goes back to that network participant and difficulty level ratio. Currently, the Bitcoin network has over 220 exahashes of computing power, all currently directed at the network trying to solve this algorithm simultaneously. And this creates a massive, massive increase in the difficulty level of the algorithm, which is required to be solved to earn the Bitcoin. So over time, since the network has grown, it requires more uh, energy uh, to solve the algorithm. It requires computers that can command a larger computational power. Uh, this is referenced as hash rate. So now they're building computers for Bitcoin mining that are called application-specific integrated circuits. They're ASIC mining computers. These computers utilize higher voltage, uh, 12 volts to 18 and sometimes uh, 26 volts. And there's uh, power supply units that are built specifically for the computers. And because these computers are uh, commanding a larger uh, hash rate or computational power, the smaller computers on the network are not capable of generating the same amount of profit. So in essence, you can still mine Bitcoin on the network with a laptop, but the issue is that it's not going to be profitable for you because of the difficulty level that it takes the algorithm to be solved at. And because there's so many other participants on the network now, your piece of the pie essentially is a fraction of what it would have been initially back in, let's say, 2010, 2011, based on the network's increase in size. Does that help you to understand, Gary? Yes, yes, that does. So these ASIC miners, application-specific integrated circuits, they do one thing, and that's all they do, is they mine Bitcoin. I mean, that's all they're made for. So you're saying with a laptop, you just can't compete with a machine that that's the only function it has is for mining Bitcoin. Affirmative. That's right. So when these machines break... You can't do anything else with them either, right? Well, uh, you can send them to people like me who will get them repaired and deploy them in off-grid situations. About repairing, uh, what, 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 is, what normally breaks on a miner that someone would send to you? Tell me about, uh, just so in general, general, tell me about breakage and repair. I don't think you've ever talked about okay, that with so anyone. Okay, so in regards... In regards to mining, we get about a 5 to 7% failure rate on fans and power supply units. And then depending on your brand manufacturer, 
your hash board failure rate could be anywhere from 5% to like uh, 30%. We've seen an upwards of 40% even with Bitmain and Avalon. Uh, so it's very particular, the brand manufacturer that you work with, uh, that you do your homework and make sure that you go for quality because ain't nothing worse than trying to project a, a business model uh, for hash rate when your hash rate is failing at a rate that you cannot control. <laughs> so it's I probably, important to uh, take that into consideration. I probably need to get a hold of an old mining machine. Not that I want to mine with it, but so when someone asks about it, I have one in my office on the shelf over there. You say, hey, there's a mining machine right there, and I can point it out to them. I never thought about that. Um, so I probably need to get one of those, or if someone's asking me about it, at least ways they can find out some information about it. So that's one of the things you do is repair machines, you're saying? Uh, so I'm actually working with a corporation, Sovereign Mining, uh, and we're actually doing in-house repair on our own equipment and in that we're looking to establish um the potential to repair equipment for uh like individuals uh see there's a very large uh amount of backlog for asic repair uh and it's it's people that have like 10 machines or or 15 machines or five machines they have a hard time finding service because there's a lot of competition out there. There's people with 100, 200, 1,000, 10,000 ASICs, and they're going to the repair places and getting them all taken care of. And we're actually um, seeing those poor guys not getting service. They're getting told there's six months backlog, eight months backlog, three months backlog, and they're, they're just, that's not good, you know, for poor poor little guys. So, with Sovereign Mining, my thoughts are that as we grow uh, and we become better at repairing our own equipment, that, you know, hopefully, potentially, we'll open the doors to accepting and repairing, uh, you know, just average Joe's Joe Plebs equipment also. Well, I want to get more into um, your company there and what you do there, and we'll do that in the next segment. But um, needless to say, Bitcoin mining is an important part of Bitcoin. And you couldn't have one with the other. That's why it's proof of work. And I know HT and I both agree, proof of work is the deal, not proof of stake. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Stick tuned. And welcome back to the Bitcoin Boomer Show. I'm your host, Gary Leland. And we're joined today by Hoddle Tarantulas, also known as HT. And we're having an exciting talk about Bitcoin mining. Now, HT, in the end of the last segment, I brought up that I know you are like me and you believe in proof of work, POW, and not PO. <laughs> Yes, proof of stake. Now, POS could mean something else, and it may be the same thing as the something else we're thinking of. So tell me about proof of work, what it is, and why it's better than proof of stake, which is not for eating. So, <laughs> so we can look at proof of work like 
a like the pyramids, right? I think of uh, proof of work, and I think of uh, integrity and quality, and all the uh, all the wonderful things that that accompany integrity and quality. Uh, so, like with proof of work, Bitcoin mining, we have to expand energy to mine the Bitcoin and secure our network. And so that proof of work makes everything that comes out, the expenditure of that energy makes everything that comes from that more valuable to us individuals who are doing the work. It is basically like forged steel. And so in that, you can see the value, the the work. Whereas proof of stake, is basically, I mean, it's like a, it's like a paper sword. Instead of a sword forged from steel, proof of stake is like a, a paper mache sword. If you come and you want to go to war with me, do not bring your paper mache sword. Okay, so I mean, you basically have proof of stake or piece of height, um, <laughs> it uh, basically, they are Fiat Legacy System 2.0. If you like, you know, the European Central Bank and the Federal Reserve and inflation and having gatekeepers control your money, then proof of stake is for you. That's if the you deal. Like That's the deal, the like gatekeepers. That's the deal, the gatekeepers. If you want someone in control of your money instead of you controlling your money well then proof of stake is for you yep. but I that's right I like controlling that's my money I think as Voltaire said with a uh, great power comes great responsibility and controlling your own money is great power you just have to be responsible for your money instead of someone else Hey, That's right. Before we go Personal any responsibility is the new counterculture here. It's the, it's the deal. It's the real deal. We haven't had this opportunity ever with our money. Um, not since people were picking up shells on the beach and they kept throwing shells in a bag. Um, tell me about. Let's get back into your company, Sovereign Mining. So um, you repair mining equipment, but that's for yourself right now. Tell us about Sovereign Mining, the company. What do you do at Sovereign Mining? So, so Sovereign Mining is a company that is focused on supporting the Bitcoin network solely in its entirety. And the way that Sovereign Mining does that is through three different, uh, I'll call it layers um, or levels kind of. Uh, so we mine Bitcoin one and support the base layer network through our mining operations. Um, and then with the Bitcoin that we mine, we also are building a lightning side of our business. And so on the lightning side of our business, we're going to businesses uh, and other vendors who are underserved by the fiat legacy system 
And we're teaching them how to use lightning in their businesses. And with that, we're helping them to run their own nodes, uh, providing them education with that. And then also with the Bitcoin that we mine from our base level of operations, we provide to our layer two operations, which is the lightning network, our are sats to open channels with for these vendors because a lot of new businesses into bitcoin they don't have the bitcoin necessarily to provide liquidity to the channels for themselves to operate and so one of the focuses of sovereign mining is to be able to provide that liquidity without having to utilize an exchange we can mine bitcoin directly to channels and provide bitcoin directly to vendors and businesses this way and so that's the secondary uh, layer and level. Uh, and then the third that Sovereign Mining is doing is they are starting down the path of creating applications that help with individuals that have difficulty interfacing with Bitcoin network. Uh, there's people out there that have issues with vision, uh, hearing and things like that. Obviously, vision is uh a paramount for Bitcoin uh, operations when it comes to signing addresses and things like that. And so there's just different services and uh, um, applications that Bitcoin has in business uh, that we're trying to develop uh, for uh, individuals who may be having difficulty with uh, becoming involved. Uh, that would be like the third level. And then to tie everything together, uh, because of the mining and the lightning operations and everything, uh, we also are working on procuring our own energy. Uh, we're looking into obtaining gas wells and controlling our own energy production. Uh, there are some grid tie potential sites that we're uh, looking at working on and then there is the R&D aspect of things like an individual like myself operates in overseas uh, where we're putting together containers, uh, Connex containers for deployment in the field, as well as uh, looking into alternative sources of energy to power gensets uh, in order to become more independent and decentralized like I was discussing before. Uh, I'm working on a system right now that will allow people to de deploy 12, 15, 20 kilowatt gensets uh, and mine Bitcoin with uh, potentially just using wood waste, uh, biogas, biomassification, sign gas, or potentially even a hydrogen system, which I'm looking into. So these are just different things that uh, Sovereign Mining is uh, working on uh, with uh, my assistance and uh, the uh, vertical integration part of things. And so one of the aspects of Sovereign Mining that will uh, make us successful. Oh, I, I highly recommend anyone who's interested in mining go to SovereignMining.io dot io and see what uh, ht is about ht where else can they follow you real quick on twitter or get in touch with you if they um want to find out more about you so i pretty much only roll on twitter for social media and my social on twitter my handle is at hodl tarantula that's one word h-o-d-l-t-a-r-a-n-t-u-l-a and that's where you can find me. I will be there spitting truth and continuously updating the feed on Bitcoin mining operations. 
Well, HT, I do appreciate you spending some time with us and coming on the show and giving your explanation as to uh, not only what Bitcoin is, what Bitcoin mining is, and why POS is a POS. So <laughs> without a doubt, I think we both can agree with that. It just sounded fun to say, uh, so I had to say that. But um, I do look forward to seeing you in a few months, and you got about 40 seconds here, 25 seconds. Anything you want to end up lead us with? I will say Bitcoin is the way, proof of work, and implement that in your daily life too. All your moves, make them with integrity and make them calculated. Energy is not to be wasted. Good, good ending remarks. And uh, stay away from fiat food, fiat work, and fiat websites, and fiat money if you can. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. And thanks again, HD, for joining us. See you in a minute. And we're back with the Bitcoin Boomer Show. This is our wrap-up section, I guess. I hope you enjoyed today's show with HT, Hoddle Tarantula. He gave you a lot of information about mining. Some of it may have still been over your head, and you may not have absorbed all of it, but maybe you did pick up enough for it to be helpful to you. Bitcoin mining is a very important part of the Bitcoin network, and it couldn't operate or be secure without it. That's what makes it secure. That's why it is the most secure network in crypto, as you would say, because it's guarded by mining machines, thousands of mining machines, all protecting the network. I do want to make sure you know about a few things going on. Number one, if you live in Texas or anywhere near Texas and you like barbecue and you're interested in Bitcoin, you may want to come to BitBlock Barbecue. I do BitBlock Barbecue in Dallas every month. So go to bitblockbarbecue.com and see about joining us for some great Texas barbecue and some great Bitcoin conversation. I also want to remind you about our conference. We talked about it during the show, bitblockboom.com. I produced the Bitblock Boom conference. It's this year. It's in Austin for the first time. And this is our fifth year for the Bitblock Boom Bitcoin conference. And it's only for Bitcoin. We don't talk about as uh, TH said, caca coins. We only talk about Bitcoin. This is a Bitcoin conference, not a crypto conference. Great networking, great times. Check it out at bitblockboom.com. Now, Hoddle Tarantula says you can follow him on Twitter at Hoddle Tarantula. You can follow me on Twitter at Gary Leland. If you have any questions you want to ask me, send me for the show. Just send them to me on Twitter. Get on Twitter, find me, at Gary Leland, and send me your questions. If it's a good question, I'll bring it on the show and answer it. I've been known to do that once or twice. Don't do it a lot, but I do it once in a while when I get a good question. Another thing, and the last thing I'm going to make sure you know about is the book that I wrote recently called Bitcoin and the American Dream. So check that out at BitcoinInTheAmericanDream.com. But myself and seven of my great friends all got together and wrote a book together, and we did it in five days. That's why there were eight of us working on it, almost 24 hours a day for five days. Great book, great read. Check out Bitcoin and the American Dream. So until next week's show, this is Gary Leland saying, keep learning about Bitcoin, keep your mind open, and stack sats.
Have a good one. See you next week.